Good morning, everyone. Why don't we pray as we turn to look uh, at God's Word together. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this passage. We pray that as we look at it, uh, you would uh, strengthen our hearts, uh, you would clarify our thinking, and that in response we would live uh, lives that uh, give glory to the Lord Jesus, and we ask it in his name. Amen. Uh, well, it was 1980-something. Uh, I was probably about 12 or 13. It was uh, Friday afternoon, an unusually hot day in May uh, in Northern Ireland, and I was obsessively staring at my watch, absolutely fixed on the time, not because the class was particularly dull, not because it was Friday afternoon and I was desperate for the weekend. No, I was obsessed with the time because all through the school had gone the rumor that the world was going to end at 3.15. Uh, as the seconds approached the time, I held my breath and screwed up my eyes as if that would you know, make some kind of difference uh, to prepare for the moment which didn't come. Uh, 3.15 came and went. Uh, we all breathed a sigh of relief and then we started counting the minutes, not for the end of the world, but for the end of the class and for the weekends. Uh, the world didn't end. It just continued as it always had. Uh, well, in the passage this morning, uh, Jesus talks about the event that will cause the end of the world as we know it. Uh, his return, verse 40, you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. The Son of Man, Jesus' favorite way of referring to himself, will return at an hour when you do not expect him and you must be ready. So in a sense, this will be the opposite of my experience in class. Uh, we won't be staring at our watches, counting down the minutes. No, we'll be surprised. He'll come at an hour when we don't expect him. But even though we don't know the hour of his coming, uh, the Christian life is meant to be lived in a state of readiness. So there's something similar to my experience in class. We're meant to be ready, anticipating the Lord's return. My guess for most of us, though, is if we have been Christians for any length of time and we're honest with ourselves, the return of the Lord Jesus does not loom large in our horizons. If we're honest, we don't love it as a truth that impacts our lives. And when we do think about Jesus' return, uh, sometimes we can feel a little bit guilty and we think that we should be uh, like I was in my maths class, uh, gazing up uh, to the sky, uh, ready for Jesus to come back at every moment. But our passage this morning reminds us uh, that we need to be ready, but very helpfully, it shows us actually what being ready looks like. It doesn't look like staring uh, to the sky. It actually looks like the normal Christian life. Uh, so three uh, very simple points this morning. Be ready for Jesus' return, and so be faithful and be wise. Uh, be ready for Jesus' return. Uh, verse 35, be dressed, ready for service. Verse 40, you also must be ready. Uh, in between those two statements, uh, those two calls to be ready, uh, Jesus gives us two illustrations of the need to be ready. Uh, the first is a wedding, and the second is a burglary. Uh, the wedding imagery is one of uh, suddenness, uh, the master away at a wedding celebration, coming back, uh, returning at any time, even late in the night, and the servants are to be ready. Uh, verse 35, be dressed ready for service. Keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master re to return from a wedding banquet, and so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. 
Uh, our sons are at an age where uh, we can go out and uh, leave them at home. We don't need uh, babysitters, but if we go out for a meal, when we're on our way home, we'll text them and say, we're on our way home. And that is code for whatever you are doing, stop it, uh, tidy up. The place needs to be uh, in, a, uh, you know, in a good state when we get home. And, and usually, usually it's pretty good, although their uh, concept of uh, tidy and our concept of tidy uh, might differ a little bit. You know, I'll find uh, chocolate wrappers behind the sofa. I even once find a, a spoon in the tub of ice cream in the freezer. So I don't know, I don't know if that was just a surprise that we were coming back or just laziness. Um, the picture in this passage uh, is of the servants anticipating the master's arrival, so much so that even before he knocks, uh, the door opens and he is let in by these faithful, ready servants. It's a picture of expectation and eager readiness. And as Christians, that's what Jesus wants us to be, ready for him to return. Verse 36, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. But Jesus doesn't just give us an illustration, but he also gives us a wonderful motivation. He doesn't just tell us what to do, he tells us why we should do it. Verse 37, it will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. Here's the reward for the faithful servant, that the master will turn the tables, so to speak, and wait on and serve his servants. Here is the upside-down world of the Christian gospel. Uh, this sort of thing uh, didn't happen in the ancient world. It doesn't even happen in our world. Masters don't serve servants. I get a wonderful picture of it in uh, John's gospel with Jesus washing his disciples' uh, feet, something uh, utterly unheard of in the ancient world. And behind this uh, passage is the, or this picture is the passage we looked at a few uh, weeks ago in chapel, uh, the, the promise in Isaiah 25 uh, of uh, this uh, wonderful banquet at the end of time. Uh, you remember the verse, uh, verse 6 of Isaiah 25 on this mountain. The Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. Not that we prepare a meal for God, but he prepares a feast for us. That's the promise and reward for a lifetime of expectant service. It's extravagant. Uh, it seems over the top, but it's the encouragement that the Lord gives to keep serving him faithfully. Verse 38, again, it will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. Toward daybreak, even if the master delays his return until nearly the end of the night, the expectation is still that his servants will be ready for his uh, return. Uh, Jesus then uses a negative image. We've had the positive image of the, the wedding. Then he uses the negative image of someone who's not ready, the person who's not ready for the thief to break into their house. Verse 39, understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, uh, he would not have let his house be broken into. I had a friend at university who was uh, studying in his bedroom at the top floor of his share house, and uh, there was a knock on the bedroom door, and uh, he opened it, and a policeman was standing there. 
and the policeman had come to tell him that he had been burgled. Uh, while he'd been studying, or maybe he'd had his music on so loud, a burglar had broken in downstairs and robbed his house, and he'd been uh, totally unaware of it. Obviously, if my friend had known that the thief was coming, he would have been ready. He would have made sure that the thief would not have been able to enter. But actually, the point that Jesus is making is that we can't know. We won't know when he's coming back, verse 40, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. And so you must always be ready. Uh, Crime-wise, those of us uh, who live in Newtown, we know that uh, Newtown is not the safest place uh, to live. And I have a, uh, a routine every night. Um, I feel slightly nervous uh, sharing this routine. Um, <laughs> it it, it uh, reveals my obsessiveness. Um, I, I hide my laptop every night. Uh, I have everything backed up, so you know, it wouldn't be an absolute disaster if I lost it. Uh, but I just don't want the hassle of you know, getting a new laptop and, and uh, setting it up. So every night, because I don't know if this is the night when a burglar will break in, I hide my laptop. Um, now, this is my little and maybe sad little way of always being ready, uh, always assuming that a thief might break in. It's just automatic. I hide my laptop uh, every night. And in a sense, that is a stance that we're to take towards Jesus, always to assume that he might come back. And so there's almost an automatic way of living the Christian life. Uh, the wedding picture is one of alertness. We do need to think about it. We do need to be conscious uh, consciously ready for Jesus to return. But the thief picture, I think, is just one of faithful normality. We just keep serving because we never know when Jesus will return. So just like I hide my laptop every night because we might be broken into, uh, all of us live the Christian life faithfully every day because we don't know when Jesus will return. Uh, but what does that look like in practice? What does it look like to wait uh, for Jesus to return? Uh, we're used to kind of some of the extreme wacky cults who kind of uh, live out in the woods waiting for Jesus to return. Uh, but the point of this passage, I think, is that waiting for Jesus to return is meant to look like the normal Christian life. Uh, a life of loving one another, loving your enemy, being generous, meeting together, prayer, Bible reading, generous giving, evangelism, all things that, uh, that Luke has spoken about or Jesus has spoken about in Luke's gospel. Uh, everyday discipleship, in other words. Uh, waiting for Jesus to return is meant to look like the normal Christian life. And that's what um, Jesus says in the next section, uh, verses 41 to 48, be faithful. Now, Peter asks uh, uh, a fairly direct question of Jesus in verse 41, as is uh, Peter's way. Uh, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? And in verse 42, Jesus seems to avoid the question. Uh, he does come back to it, we'll see, but rather than answer it directly, uh, Jesus gives another parable, and it's about two different choices a servant uh, could make in his absence, in his master's absence. Uh, the first choice is to be faithful. Uh, verse 42, the Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance in the proper at the proper time? Uh, being ready for Jesus' return means being faithful and wise. It means uh, being like a manager of a large house. Uh, think of Carson or Elsie in Downton Abbey. I had to ask my wife for that illustration. No, I have, I have seen it. Uh, who, who care for those uh, under them. Uh, faithfulness in that context means caring for the servants 
under them, to give them, as Jesus says, their food allowance at the proper time. That's actually a wonderful picture of pastoral ministry, that giving them their food allowance at the proper time. Uh, pastors, youth group uh, leaders, Bible study leaders, even parents are all charged to spiritually feed the people we are responsible for. But being faithful means discharging the duties that the master has given you. And that means faithfully providing for those that you are responsible for. And as we saw in the uh, wedding illustration, verse 43, it will be good for the servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I say to you, and here's the, the extravagant promise, he will set him over all his possessions. Uh, just like Joseph served faithfully in Pharaoh's court uh, and then was given control of the entire nation of Egypt, uh, the same promise is held out here for believers. But there's also a warning uh, for the unfaithful servant who chooses to exploit the master's delay in coming. Verse 45, but suppose the servant says to himself, my master's taking a long time in coming, and then he begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, he'll cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. And just as the, the reward, the, 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 the banquet promise, the, the, the care of all the possessions is so wonderfully lavish, uh, the punishment is strikingly harsh. He will be cut to pieces. Uh, just like the banquet was a picture of eternal life in God's new creation, being cut to pieces is a graphic picture of judgment. And the warning here is to abuse your position as a servant of Christ, is to be in the same position as an unbeliever. Those who abuse God's people, even if they claim to be Christians, will be punished with unbelievers. Do you see that end of verse 46? The master will assign him a place with the unbelievers. It's a confronting picture of God's judgment. It's the picture of God that we see in Hebrews when we're reminded that it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And then Jesus returns to Peter's question. Remember, Peter's question is, is what you're saying uh, for us or is it for everyone? Uh, verse 47, the servant who knows the master's will and what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving uh, punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. In other words, what Jesus said does apply to everyone. It just applies especially to uh, the first disciples. Uh, we've spoken about how the servants were to care for those uh, uh, under them. Uh, Jesus here widens it out, though. It's not just about those who have responsibility for others. Uh, no, it's about basic Christian discipleship. Verse 47. The wicked servant is the one who does not do what the master wants. That, that's the issue. Do you do what the master wants? The faithful servant does what the master wants. The wicked servant does not do what the master wants. And Jesus is teaching that with knowledge comes responsibility. Those of us who have received a clear Bible teaching, everyone in this room and everyone watching in, online or in the KLT, will be held to a greater account than those who have not. Both will still be punished, 
but the punishment will reflect the knowledge of the one being punished. Jesus has already made a similar point in chapter 10. Uh, those towns in which he performed more miracles would be held more responsible than those in which he didn't. To be ready for Jesus' return involves being faithful. It, it's living the normal Christian life. It's caring for those that we are, are responsible for. But it also means uh, to be wise. And that's our final section, to be wise. Uh, what Jesus says about his coming is uh, quite surprising. Verse 49, I have come to, and uh, if you hadn't read the passage and I was to ask you to complete that sentence, you know, Jesus says, I have come to, you might say, save my people from their sins. Uh, I've come to bring peace on earth. But actually, look what Jesus says, verse 49, I have come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were kindled. Uh, fire in scripture, especially in, in Luke's gospel, is the fire of God's judgment. Again, just like the picture of the unfaithful servant, Jesus here is speaking about his judgment. And judgment means division. Verse 51, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two, and two against three. As much as Jesus' coming brings salvation, and it does wonderfully, it also brings judgment in the form of division. Now, following Jesus faithfully leads to division. It divides the believer from the world. And again, in Luke's gospel, we've seen that already. If you read through Luke's gospel, uh, you see Peter and Zebedee divided from their nets and their homes. Uh, people from uh, who follow Jesus are divided from homes and spouses and possessions. Uh, decision and division are critical to following Jesus. Uh, the only options are to line up with Jesus or to line up with those who oppose him. Uh, but Jesus doesn't just talk about uh, the fire that he's going to bring. He talks about his baptism, verse 50. I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I'm under until it is completed. Now, Jesus uh, has already been baptized in water, chapter 3. What he's speaking about here is his death, uh, the baptism of his death. And here we have the reminder that we are saved uh, not by our faithful service, as vital as that is, but by Jesus' death. This wonderful picture uh, for those of us who trust in him, who are in Christ, that we need not fear God's condemnation because Jesus has gone for, through it uh, for us already as he experienced death, as he was immersed in God's judgment so that we don't need to be. But the response that we make uh, to that wonderful act of mercy for us is to serve him faithfully and to wait for his return. Uh, many uh, in this room will uh, one day have a, a congregation to care for, uh, but already uh, you may be a Bible study leader, and you might be a youth group leader, you might be a parent. Uh, the challenge of this passage as you wait for Jesus' return is to ask yourself, am I spiritually caring for those that God has entrusted me? Am I being diligent? Or am I being a lazy servant or even a wicked servant in exploiting those that I'm meant to be caring for? Uh, all of us, this passage asks us, uh, 
Are we, as Jesus says, doing what our master wants? As we wait for Jesus to return, are we living the normal Christian life? Are we faithfully at serving the Lord Jesus in the sphere of life that he has called us to? Are we living consistent, faithful Christian lives? Uh, sometimes you hear people say, uh, you know, you've got to live every day as if it was your last. In other words, you've got to squeeze, uh, you know, uh, squeeze everything out of life. Uh, Jesus reminds us in this passage that as Christians, we're to live every day as if Jesus was coming back. Uh, not kind of sitting in a corner, kind of obsessively looking, uh, looking up, but being wise and serving him faithfully. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you uh, for the clear teaching of the Lord Jesus, uh, who reminded us to be ready uh, because uh, he will return at an hour when we do not expect him. Uh, our Father, we pray that as we wait for Jesus to return, uh, we would be faithful servants and uh, wise in our understanding of uh, Jesus uh, and uh, his work for us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.